feel closer knit. So there's like a lot more room over here. If you could stay in the middle two rows, that'd be like two little two aisles. That would be awesome. But just move up, move in, get cozy. It helps us also feel more at ease because it feels more like a class. It's fun. Okay. Plus the lights up here are blinding. So if you move closer, there's a better chance of being able to see your faces. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly what we needed, Joel. Thank you. Okay, so while we're doing this, we want to play a little game with you. Um, we're talking about the power of prayer as a couple tonight, and so we want you to take away from this that you love praying, that whether you love it now or not, you're going to walk away from this with a new appreciation. So we want to talk about what things couples do love. So by show of hands, you can shout it out. Again, this is a class. This is not a sermon, although we get rowdy here sometimes at New Song anyway. Um, would you shout out some things that you love doing as a couple? So let's start, like, who loves trying new food? Okay, okay. Who is like tried and trusted foods? I don't try any new foods at all. Yeah, see, there's always some of you guys. This makes a relationship work. You're in the minority, just saying. (laughs) Okay, what about traveling? Who loves traveling? Yep. Okay, who wants to stay at home all day, every day? Okay, see, some honesty here. I like that. I like that. What else? Who likes going to the movies? Okay, who would rather stream a movie from home? See? Okay. I like my moviegoers. Good job. Okay. Who prefers dessert to the entree? Okay. Okay. And if we haven't said something that you love doing, keep it, keep it PG guys. Uh, What are some things that you love doing as a couple? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Wait, what is that writing? Oh, nice. All right. We have haven't not done, done that. that. Yeah. Did you bring your notebook so you can take notes on some of these ideas? There you go. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. Sleeping is so real. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's awesome. So tonight we want to make a case for having a prayer, powerful prayer life as a couple where you walk away and whether or not prayer would ever make your list, it would make your list after this class. So we kind of want to make this case for you. We're going to build it. So we're going to talk about some things, kind of like prepare your appetite for what this class is going to look like. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. Why should you pray as a couple? What is the purpose of praying together? How can praying together change your life? How can prayer bring you closer to your spouse? How can prayer... Sorry, how to pray as a couple, what to pray as a couple, how does purpose play a part in prayer, what does the Lord want to do through your marriage in prayer, how to pray powerful prayers, and what more does God have for your marriage through prayer. So if you don't know us, this is Pastor Tondra, I am Pastor Ashley, we've been married for 10 years next month. We're really honored to have the chance to uh, teach this take class. Checks, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think by any means do we feel like we've arrived, but I would say a huge part of the growth God has uh, done in our marriage over the last decade has been through teaching us how to pray together. And so uh, that's a lot of what you'll hear tonight is our story. We're not going to just be teaching scripture. We're going to be telling you things that we've experienced personally. I think it helps relate more and understand maybe how we've gotten more passionate about it. So you want to start us off? prayer? Yes, absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for each and every single one of us that is here.
here, Lord, I know that you have a plan and a purpose, and, and it is no accident that it is the people in here that are in here, and I don't know at what stage of life everybody is at, but I know that you can meet each and every single one of us at our point of need, and I pray that as um, we lean in and just jump into your word and share some thoughts and ideas from it, that God, we will have a fire that's lit up inside of us to have prayer as part of our culture as a as couples, and I just thank you, Father, that you're you're building your kingdom through family, and it starts with us having um, our acts together, and then passing it on if we have children to our children, and so forth, and and so on. And so I pray that a seed is planted here tonight um, that will just grow and, and 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 germinate and produce much fruit. And I thank you, God, that we are going to connect closer to you. Um, as we seek your heart, and I know that it is your desire more than it is ours that we would understand um, the art of prayer with the gift of prayer and be able to function in it as effectively as we possibly can, that we might draw closer to you as you draw closer to, to us. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so you should have uh, notes that you can follow along with the class. And um, there's some fill in the blanks there too, so you want to be able to fill in the blanks and then use this as a canvas to write whatever notes you want to add on to uh, If you to, don't see them, this. there's some up here. They're sprinkled like throughout the aisles. So right. if you have extra close to you, would you make a point of just passing them back? Right, so if you don't have, just make sure you grab yourself a copy. And there are pens up here too, so if you need pens... Um, they're available up here. And depending on how far we go, we want to have an opportunity probably at the end to uh, have some, some things that we want to do and some questions that you might have. And we would love to have a chance to answer those questions for you. Sound good? All right. You ready? All right. Let's buckle in. Okay. So I might stand just giving you all fair warning. Sitting is just kind of tricky for me when I'm talking. So just fair warning there. All right. So um, let's start from the, from the very beginning. Um, you've got two people that are coming together to form something pretty new. Um, and it is important for each person to have some sort of uh, definition of what they see prayer as as they bring it to the table. So you're moving from from independence to interdependence, right? So you're independent, you know how to pray by yourself, and then you're going to move to interdependence where you're now going to have an opportunity to grow together with somebody. So at the very first place to start to praying as a couple is, uh, personally, we all need to have a personal prayer culture. You need to have your own way or your own culture that you have cultivated personally that allows you to, um, to reach out to God. So you need to have a personal prayer culture in order to create an effective prayer culture as a couple. Um, so the way that I have understood growth is we all start from dependence. We depend on somebody else. So we depend on our teachers or we depend as we're growing up on our parents. But we need to move from dependence to, to independence, right? And, and then from independence to interdependence. So if you move from, from dependence and try to go straight into interdependence, there's going to be a lot of frustration there. So it's essential that as an individual, you know and you have created a personal prayer culture in which you know your own secret place and the places that you, you plug yourself in when you're seeking the heart of God. If you don't have that as, as a culture, 
it is going to be difficult for you together to cultivate that new culture. So essentially, you need to be in a healthy place in order for you to move and create a, uh, a space in which both of you can pray um, effectively. So what, what tends to happen is if, 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 if one has the prayer culture, like personally, you, you're strong in prayer and the other one doesn't, when you come together, there's going to be an overpowering. It's almost going to seem like the person that has the stronger um, um, praying habit is going to almost sort of take over what the culture is going to look like. And there's going to be no place for the other person to really grow in that because you never developed your own. So even though you are together as a couple, individually, you still need to make sure that your prayer culture is being cultivated because that's also going to strengthen what you're going to do as a, uh, a couple. Now, it is like, like right in that leads to that next point that I wrote here that it's okay to grow into a prayer culture, but you need to practice, practice this apart from your spouse. So if you don't find yourself praying, if you don't find yourself praying as an individual, cultivating your own personal relationship with the Lord away from your spouse, then when you come together, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be really difficult. So Psalm 69 verse 13 says, but as for me, as, but as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable and opportune time, O God. In the multitude of your mercy and the abundance of your loving kindness, hear me. And in the truth and faithfulness of your salvation, answer me. So there are opportune moments and times that you've got to create in which you are going to be seeking the Lord on a personal level. And there are opportune moments that God is going to speak to you uh, personally. So... Be strong as an individual in your own prayer life. And so I want to give you some pointers on how to develop a personal uh, praying culture as an individual. So number one, and I, this it could be sounding like the most basic thing, but honestly, if you think about it, there's a lot of us in the church that don't have or have not made this decision to, uh, to, to be a person of prayer. In other words, Prayer is who you are, not just what you do. You're found in a place where you pray. And this is, I'm talking to you as an individual right now, where you pray. And if, 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 if your culture is only praying before the meal, in the morning, and in the evening, then you need to grow to where you have spaces in which you're going to in, involve yourself um, in prayer. That's, that's the first thing. See yourself as somebody who has a prayer culture or a person of prayer. Then the second thing, okay, and this is key number two to develop a personal praying culture. You need to decide once and for all who Jesus is to you. You need to decide once and for all who Jesus is to you. And again, these sound very basic, but I think it's very important because if Jesus is the ATM machine where I only really seek him when my needs are great and that's the kind of personal prayer culture you're going to involve yourself in then as you extend yourself to your spouse that's the only time that you're going to avail yourself to your significant other in moments of prayer is when things are difficult when things are tricky because that's the only time you think to seek the Lord because you see Jesus in that vein. But if you see Jesus as a personal friend, somebody who you desire to spend time with and somebody that 
who wants to spend time with you and you build that conviction on the inside of you that I cannot go a day without spending time with my friend, then prayer is going to start becoming a natural thing. I do insurance sales for seniors and so it sees me driving to Ponca City or to to Ada. Those are one of my favorite moments. It's a one and a half hour drive, one hour, 45 minutes. And so in that moment, I know I'm going to spend time just, just calling on God and crying. This is where you can bawl your eyes out as a man, you know, but men don't cry. But when you're in the car, you can just let it all go and you don't have to look pretty. And you can say whatever it is that is on your heart and on your mind and God will come through and he will meet with you. And you have such a presence. Now when you have that, it is going to develop a desire for you to bring your spouse into something that is that intimate and that is that good because if you don't have it good you're not going to think about bringing your significant other into something that you see as as good so how you see Jesus will determine how you relate with him so how you see him is going to determine that which is why um, you need to decide who Jesus is to you and then number three is be yourself God created you to be you and not anybody else. If you decide to try and sound like anybody else in prayer, you're actually denying the power that God put in you to commune with him. Because he created you in such a way that he loves to hear from you specifically. See, there's an expression of God on the inside of you that nobody else has. You have an expression of God that nobody else. Think about that. An expression of God that nobody else on this earth has. And when you try to put yourself in somebody else's place and you assume, you know, I so-and-so prays much better, sounds much better in prayer. And then you try to sound like that person and be like that person. You're actually, you, you're, 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 grit to develop that prayer culture will easily go away because you're not being who you are so just let go and be at peace with yourself you are good the way you are with all your flaws with all the mistakes that you're going to make with all the scriptures you know and the ones you don't know all that makes up who you are in this time and so let that be something that you accept and then allow yourself to and so here what I said is stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. In as much as you are in a relationship with your spouse, you want to give them the authentic you. Even more so, God desires the authentic you. Yep. And then if you're not sure where to start, this is now something that um, you, you look at the mechanics of, of, of prayer. Um, so you want to realize that there is no formula to prayer, there is a template. So it's not a formula, it's a template. And the template makes it so easy. You see, with the formula, who knows the quadratic equation? Okay, where are my math people at? Thank you so much. <laughs> You've gotta plug in the values in order for the equation to come out. If you plug in the incorrect values, then you're not going to solve the equation. Okay, does that, does that make sense? And we make 
prayer like that, like it's almost an equation that I got to solve. So if I don't really plug in the right parameters, God's really not going to answer me. God's not going to come through for me or we're going to equate that to my faith is wrong or my faith is not where it needs to be. And so we either look at ourselves as not being strong enough and some people will look at God as a man. You require 15,000 hoops just for me to receive a healing because we're trying to see it as an equation more so than it is, which is what it is, is a template. So the template is very simple. It's kind of like filling the blanks with the answers. So when you look at the Lord's Prayer that he gave to the disciples, that was a template. So the first thing that you want to start is you start with, uh, with praise and adoration and thankfulness. Okay, you start with praise and, and adoration and thankfulness where you are grateful to what God has done in your life, what he's doing in your life, the blessings that you see. So again, remember you have to decide who he is to you. So you're going to have a relationship. And when you decide who Jesus is to you, you're going to be able to see the gifts that he brings to you and the blessing that he is um, to your life. I told you all I need to stand that he needs to bring to, um, to your life. So that's where you want to begin. So just begin by thanking God. That is if you don't know, where do I start from? I want to have a personal praying culture, but I don't know where to start. And then that's a good place to start. And then next, this is something that most people don't think about doing. The Bible says praying always in the spirit. And I think we're going to touch on that too. Invite the Holy Spirit into your moment of prayer. Because we know not how we ought to pray, Romans chapter 8. But the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf, right? So you want to invite the Holy Spirit. So you invite the Holy Spirit and say, hey, Holy Spirit, I just invite you in this moment to just help me to pray and pray effectively. And this is, whether it's five minutes, whether it's, it's 20, it doesn't matter. Let there be a space for the Holy Spirit to walk you through and, and be with you. And then at that point, you then want to make whatever request that you might have of the Lord, make your request made known to him. What is it that is on your heart? What is it that's pressing on you? What is it that you desire for the Lord to do? And then always ask the Lord to forgive you of any sins that you're aware of or any sins that you might not be aware of. Just ask the Lord to forgive you and then always end with thankfulness and praise. So that's kind of a little template that you can follow. But I'm, I'm telling you that as you begin moving in a place where you are growing your own prayer culture, you can build it to where it's, it's, it becomes a very deep conversational moment with God. Uh, you, you can just go into your car and instead of going through all these processes that I'm talking about, you jump into your car and the first thing you say is, and another thing, I just wish that if this, these things would change, I'd be able to move into this place. So God, I just, I just need you to help me out and, and help me to see the things that I need to see. And then the phone rings, you say, hello, is this Mr. John? Yeah, Mr. John, thank you for calling me back. It's been good to talk to you. Okay, bye. But God, you see, if, if you don't see this the way that I want you to see it, then it's going to be that you've developed a prayer culture where you're having a conversation with God and you can pick it up at any moment and anywhere because you know that you can just intimately relate with him. And that comes with you constantly praying. And then you get to that moment where you're able to do that. So you can build your prayer life up to where uh, it's a conversation and then you can pick it up in, at, at any point. And you cannot have 
a powerful prayer life as a couple without a personal relationship with God. So you have your personal relationship. You're bringing something to the table. You have something that you can bring. Again, at the very beginning, you've got to understand you have an expression of God that your spouse doesn't have. And together, it is amazing. Thank you, Ashley. Okay, so we're talking about the power of the praying couple. We've talked about the components that it takes two different people that have a relationship with God. But if you don't understand the power of prayer, it's hard to see why a praying couple can, it can be a powerful thing. So we want to talk a little bit about what power is found in prayer. So first of all, what does prayer actually mean? We use that word a lot, but does any, do any of us really have a true picture of what this means? The most common word for prayer in scripture is the word prosuche, and this gives us a word picture picture of what it means to pray. And so when you imagine um, praying, it's this picture of having God right up close, that you're intimate, that you're right there, you're with him, you're before him. So think about um, if, if you're seeing God as some ruler who's far off, you're not going to see that as an intimate moment of talking to him. It's more of making a plea from a long way. I hope he hears me. If you see him like Santa Claus, you're writing a letter, you're sticking it in the mailbox, you hope he gets it. But if you see this as something that's close and personal, it changes how prayer is conducted. Prayer gives you an opportunity to have an intimate face to face encounter with God. And then because of what that word entails, you understand that in prayer, he in turn releases his power, his wisdom, and his guidance. Some of the same um, root words that form that word of prayer are some of the same words you find um, in, in words in Ephesians that talk about um, the spiritual battle we can have, where it's close, um, it's strong, and we have to stand firm. So this is something that um, that is close up to you. It's not far off. And so when you think about prayer in that light and you realize you can have this intimate, deep encounter with the Lord continually through prayer, it changes how you approach prayer in the first place. Psalm 120 verse 1 says, I call to the Lord and he answered me. And that's the expectation that we can have of prayer, that when we talk to God, we're not talking to the ceiling. We're not just kind of putting a message in a bottle and hoping it gets there, but we can expect an answer from the Lord, that he hears this, it's intimate, it's close. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And again, if you think of God as a ruler, um, especially if you read some of the Old Testament stories, you couldn't come boldly to a ruler. They could decide that you were gonna die for approaching them. But instead, we have this picture that is really significant contextually that we can come boldly to his throne, that we don't have to be afraid, but we have the place that he's given us to come close to him. Ephesians 6, verse 18 says, pray in the spirit on all occasions. It speaks to praying in the spirit like Pastor Tonner I just talked about. Um, so we're to pray always with all kinds of prayers and requests, which means he wants us to talk about everything. He wants us to share all kinds of needs, all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, which includes your spouse, which we'll talk about in a minute. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And this is a picture of a continual conversation with the Lord. So if we want to have this relationship with our spouse that includes praying and that for it to be strong and something that we can see as attacking the kingdom of, of darkness, we have to understand what prayer on its own is, apart from any component we bring to the table. Um, now, prayer in marriage, and we're going to turn there for the rest of this session, um, is an interesting and beautiful thing because like Pastor Tonray talked about, you have this intimate relationship with the Lord alone, but you also have been given this intimate relationship with your spouse, and now together you can come before the Lord and experience something um, 
that is dynamic, it's beautiful, it's powerful, and it's a different side, a different element of both your relationship with your significant other and your relationship with the Lord. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 19, uh, 4 verses 9 through 12 rather speaks to this about a cord of three being not easily broken. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they, if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three-fold cold cord is not quickly broken. So the core of this is we don't want Jesus on the outside of our marriage. We don't want to be in a place where... Um, where we have this intimate relationship with our spouse, we have this intimate relationship with God, but the two are kind of divorced and they don't ever intermingle, they don't ever overlap. There's no real expression of that relationship with God, um, with our relationship with our spouse. And there's no um, mention of that relationship that we have with our significant other in our relationship with God. That's not how it's meant to be. That's not how God formed it to be. And this speaks to the power that comes when you're not just doing your life um, or your relationship lacking of God, because the strength that God brings to your relationship is unmatched. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Right. So we talked about having your personal prayer prayer culture so which means that you've ex you should be experiencing personally the presence of God and the power of God in your life and that right here um, the preacher says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor so now you're in a position to where there's now another person that you can bring into the table to create a culture of prayer uh, between the two of you and the reason why this is a very powerful place is because again there's a better return for your labor when the both of you come together and begin to create a symphony with you bringing your sound to prayer and your spouse bringing their sound to that place of prayer, creating a harmony, a symphony that creates a beautiful picture that the Lord actually desires out of us where the two become one. And this one is not like the same individual ones it's a new one you're creating a totally new sound that was not there before does that make sense yeah. so you're creating a totally new sound and says it's going to have a better return for the things that you're doing and the the growth or the the, the exponential growth of god is not double so it's not like uh, if you're if we're putting on a scale of zero to ten zero being no power and ten being the most powerful place if your prayer is a seven <laughs> power and your spouse's prayer is also a seven power it doesn't mean when you come together it's going to be 14 it's not how it works the bible says one of us can put a thousand to flight and two of us can put a legion to flight, ten thousand to flight so which means that there's actually a bigger exponential growth in power and strength to see god move as you as a couple begin to pray and setting us up for a, a revival a revolution within a, a a city within within uh, within a state within a geographical position because we have understood the power that grows when us as a couple uh, begin to pray and the bible says where two or three are gathered in the lord there i am in the midst of them so that means that you've already got that too when you're a couple and so the lord is present for you to be able to start calling on him and asking the things that you desire um, out, out of him in your heart so you've you, you've got to see that the, that's what the preacher is trying to get us to see here Ecclesiastes, when Solomon wrote this, um, he's just trying to get us to see that when we bond together and come together 
in prayer, again, the exponential growth there is just amazing. In other words, the return is amazing. And the other thing about that is because there's two of you, it's not always going to have the same. We're going to talk about the practical elements of it, but it's not always going to be that both of you are in the same place at the same time to be able to pray together. And one of you is not feeling well or, or sick or um you know, things have happened in your life and you feel like you are downtrodden and you're in a place in which your heart is troubled, then the other can pick the other one up. Okay, so that's the other, the other benefit of having somebody else in your life that you're, that you're walking with is that you can help each other in moments when you falter. And I'm not talking necessarily um, 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 in just, you know, I'm not feeling well. There could be times and there could be something that somebody in here might actually be going through where you're not feeling God, where you feel like, oh, is God real? Is, is God there? And your spirit is, is, is downtrodden. You don't feel up to it. Or you don't even feel up to the heart to go to church. You, you don't feel up to it. You don't feel up to doing the things that you should spiritually be doing. And it seems like maybe even doubt might be creeping in. Okay, again, when you have created a prayer culture with your spouse, this is a moment where you've let them into your intimate moments with God that they have the power to be able to pick you up and make things easier and lighter for you to understand where you're at. Our homes need to be the safest place for us to go to. We need to create that culture where our home is the safest place. So if I've had a bad day at work, or if I've had a bad day somewhere else, my desire should be to go home knowing that I have somebody who's there and ready to lift me up and put me in the place that I need to be and allow me to see myself. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like, man, I'm terrible. I suck at life. I just don't get things right. This didn't happen. This sale didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing all the things that are wrong about my life. I just miss one thing, but my mind then takes me on a road, and I see everything that's wrong. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I just, I'm just terrible at existing. You know, somebody else needs to just take my place. And I feel that. But then if I come home and we have a prayer culture, in the moments that we're going to pray, she will be able to tell, and she can pick me up, and then she can speak into me and say, hey, this is who you are. You are not your experience. You are not your mistakes. You are not even the things that you do right. You are who God called you to be. And now I'm being picked up. So that's what I mean by when the other is down. I'm not just talking about, oh, I'm sick and coughing. I can't pray. But I'm just in a very difficult spot. So that's what he's talking about there. And then it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Um, and that's a spiritual battle that's at work against the enemy. Okay, so if if... If, um, I think we're going to talk about this more, so, so there might be an overlapping, so, so forgive me. But um, it, it is very important for you to hear the sound of your significant other's prayer. By that, I mean, I, you need to know the voice that your spouse prays in, how they pray. Okay? And if they cannot hear, if you don't know what the voice is, then you totally don't have a prayer culture. Or one person is just always the one that's carrying the both of you, which is not healthy. So you need to know that sound. You need to know what they sound like when they pray in desperation, what they sound like when they pray happy or excited. Because then you need to know how they pray when it's time for warfare. Because there are going to be times when the enemy is going to come up against 
you, you as a couple and come up against your covenant if you're married, uh, come up against your children if you have them, come up against your, your finances, come up against a whole lot of things. And you got to understand that you do have an enemy. And so you're going to have to battle together in, in prayer. So when issues arise or when, when the storm comes in, You've got to be able to realize that if you decide to fight this separately, you don't stand as good of a chance as if you fight it together. So which means that you've got to have a place to be vulnerable one to the other. Because again, when I say that, the first thought is to think of problems that we're both encountering at the same time. But it also could be a personal problem. Hey, I'm struggling with, with lust. I, I just... I just, just cannot stop looking at, at, at women that I'm seeing walking around and I don't want to be like that. I want to be vulnerable to you. And then now she comes in. It's warfare. We're both going to fight together and it's not just me saying I got this. I can take care of this and I'm going into my own personal place and just doing it by myself. I can be easily overpowered and that's what the preacher is saying. The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. And so when we now begin to pray together about that then we give ourselves a position to overcome likewise if she has a place where she has emotions that are going off in a different place or she has things that is happening in her life it's important then to come together and be able to do warfare together and then it says a cord of three strands is not easily or quickly broken and jesus is this third strand in your marriage and and, and you're not going to express Jesus as the third strand in your marriage because you have a beautiful picture with a scripture on the background of it in your home. Okay? Or you have all these crosses that you have in your house. Or once in a while you post messages together on your joint Facebook account. Okay? That is not showing that Jesus is central. Okay? You just love art. That's what you're displaying when you're doing that, okay? So what's with the real strength and power is, is when both of you bring Jesus and pray in the name of Jesus together as a couple to fight against the things that are coming up against you. Now you're bringing Jesus in because you're saying we cannot solve it. We cannot work this out within our intelligence. We need you, Lord, to be a part of it. So praying together allows Jesus to have the central position in your marriage or in our marriage. Okay, so why should you pray as a couple? And what is the purpose of praying together? Uh, so the month after we got married, I don't think it had even been a full month, but it was like, we got married in April, it was May. Um, we went to the doctor. Um, I had had some, some stuff going on for like a decade that we knew about. I had talked to him about before we got married. And we really weren't expecting, kind of had been like a rabbit hole that started um, right before we got married where one doctor was like, maybe your iron's low. And um, I got referred on and on. And so the month after we got married really wasn't on our radar, but we found out that basically um, there was some big stuff going on inside my body that might make it very hard to have children. We hadn't been married like a full month yet. And so we were told, if you want to have kids, you need to have kids right now. 
And one of the things that um, you experience um, in life, it's in scripture, is we were created to create. We're an image, we're created in the image of God. Um, we're meant to be creators, we're meant to create life. Um, but it felt like all the timeline and the power of everything got taken away from us. Um, it felt like immediately we were told, if, that, if you want this to happen, you need to work on it, and you might like have seven or eight miscarriages before you are able to carry a baby to term. So it felt like this really deep, really big thing, and we were just like brand new, brandly new married. Um, they said, if you do this, it'll help your health. So it also felt like there was that pressure. If it's not just if you want kids, but also if you want to be healthier, you should do this. And um, the first two years of our marriage were really, really hard because this immediately put us onto a path we did not expect. We didn't expect to be walking this out. And then we had completely different emotions about it. Um, I was more like, well, I've always wanted kids. I want to have kids, so of course I want to. And he was like, why should we try to have kids because somebody's telling us to have, to have kids? That's not the doctor's role. And just, we, we were kind of surprised at how different our perspectives were and how different our emotions were. And so it caused a lot of arguments. Um, it was deeply emotional, but we found ourselves having different perspectives. And at this point, we'd both been in vocational ministry. We both had strong um, personal prayer lives with the Lord. We had prayed together on and off, done Bible studies on and off while we'd been engaged, but we didn't have a couple prayer culture. And this created so much friction, so much tension that we were like, something has to give because we, um, we aren't aligned in, in what, to, what to do and how to go about this. There were a lot of different options before us. We had to make decisions. Every time we would talk about it, it would bring up arguments. And we just had this moment of realizing, okay, we got to go talk to Jesus about this together. That if we want our marriage to work, if we want this relationship to work, God knew that this was coming. God knew we'd be walking this out and how we're handling it, um, talking about it mentally and, and like talking through all the options isn't working out. All it's doing is making us feel like we're at an impasse and really like we just don't want to talk about this at all. And at that point, we'd have little kind of like, um, not throwaway prayers, but more of like, okay, we'll pray about it just so we've said we pray about it, almost kind of like how you pray over the food. And so it was in the, those first two years that we, re we really were challenged to realize uh, this is important. This is how we're going to communicate. This is what's going to set the tone to how we talk and um, how we go about discussing things where uh, we were tired of having conversations that just melted down in, into arguments. And so there's like a popular illustration you may have seen and it, and it really spoke to both of us where um, it's like a big triangle and it felt like I was here and he was over here. But if Jesus were here, then even if we had completely different opinions about where to go, every time we would pray, we would be coming closer together, that closer to that tip of that triangle. And so um, that's what we realized is that praying together reorients your disagreements. You stop being pitted against one another and you're pointed in the same direction in which you're both submitted before the cross even when your human perspectives don't align. And so at this point of our marriage, we started making a habit of every single night, we are gonna to pray together before bed. We're gonna to go to bed at the same time, and that's how we're gonna end our evening, and we're gonna pray about this. We didn't wanna pray about it. It would be easy to just pray, Lord, let us have a good night's sleep, but we felt like this is one of the real things we're facing. We have to be able to talk to God about it together, even though... We don't understand, we don't know why did this happen to us, why is this kind of where we're at, and we don't see eye to eye, but coming together in prayer created a tenderness where what we wanted was what Jesus wanted. It's that idea of where two or three are gathered in my name, 
I am there. And we felt that. We could feel the presence of God come. It changed our conversations where his emotions and my emotions being different didn't go away. But it suddenly is like we could have a real conversation about it because this became a habit we committed ourselves to. It also highlighted the truth that's found in Ephesians 5.21 of submit to one another out of reverence for Christ because when you're coming before Christ together and you're in that place of reverence for God and kind of being before the cross, then it's a lot easier to say, I don't understand him. He doesn't understand me, but we're more quick to submit to one another's desires. Okay, you wanna try this, you wanna wait, you wanna try this, this treatment or whatever it was because in that moment, we were tender before the Lord together, and we really allowed the Holy Spirit to, to have entrance. Um, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? And whether or not this is your story, I'm sure there's something at some point you've experienced, or if not, you will experience, in which you have a really different perspective than, um, than your significant other. I think it's one of the beautiful things about being in a relationship is you quickly realize you're kind of two sides of the same coin, and God made you that way, but you don't see everything the same. And that's a blessing. Blessing, but part of when you see that being a blessing is when you're before the Lord. Um, otherwise, I think you can start thinking that we're just too different. Maybe this wasn't meant to be. Maybe I just need to get out of it. But walking together takes Jesus. So how can prayer bring you closer to your spouse? So in this moment, um, in this newly formed habit that we had, it became a lot easier to confess to one another that I'm really struggling with maybe fear about this road that's before us, or um, I'm struggling with just not wanting to do that anymore, or I'm struggling with feeling like this is never gonna happen and we're never gonna have kids, or I'm struggling with loss. And um, it allows for a place where your, your desires align, where you're able to speak into each other. I remember uh, Tondra being able to operate really in the gift of faith and be able to say in those moments where we would be able to align that no, I know we're gonna have children. And again, even though we weren't on the same page in prayer, feeling like the Holy Spirit brought us together where we could have those desires that weren't aligned with him coming to me or me coming to him, but as coming before the Lord and him shaping us and bringing us together. And that allowed for a greater intimacy where this intimacy before the cross is what was grown in our marriage. And a deeper intimacy is created between a couple when they're both intimately bringing their needs to an intimate God. So we got to come together um, now we have two kids. We went through infertility for a time. We have a third on the way, which was a total surprise after that journey. Um, but in that, we, we've seen how God has guided that, where it was in those moments of prayer that he got to overcome some really real things for him. I got to overcome some really real things for me, but it wasn't alone. And it wasn't because we went through different formulas. It was because we just were willing to talk to Jesus together. And... In addition to that, because we had this 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 thing that we we were needing to sort of pray on and, and seek the Lord in, it also then gave us purpose. And 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 purpose has a part that it plays in 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 prayer. Again, you you you're moving away from I'm going to pray for this meal, and I'm going to pray that we have a good night. That's it. You want to grow from that level of infancy and grow into maturity. So you need to have a, a, a purpose, a point in which you're praying. And each season that you're in should bring to you what that season is meant for and what you're needing to be praying about. So we came to a point um, where I'm terrible with finances, by the way. So I brought the dead into the relationship. Uh, praise God that he's helped us. <laughs> 
in that moment. <clears throat> but that's what I brought to the, but I'm a praying man, so I brought prayer too, along with my debt. Um, <clears throat> but, <laughs> but so, so now we come into the place where we want to buy a house, and so this thing needs to be attacked. So now, uh, I remember we, um, we looked at it, we went to see a, a lender, and the lender was like, you got to fix this, 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 and that, all my debts. And we were like, okay, so this is what we got to do. We got to fix it together. And, 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 and so for me, in my mind's eye, I'm like, yeah, the Lord would take care of it. You know, and she's the practical person to like, no, we got to sit down and, and create a plan. I'm like, no, nah, just sit, relax, easy, see what God can do. So... <laughs> So, so now we have something that we got to pray about because at this point, um, uh, we were thinking about buying a home. And so I'm like, ah, you know, it'll come, you know, who knows how it's going to happen. And so we had to pray about it. So now there's a focus, there's a purpose to what we are praying about. There's a focal point, a, 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 a picture, a target that we are trying to hit. Because the thing is, if your prayers is just limited to just graceful food and a good night's sleep, you're never going to really know the capacity of God in your marriage. Yeah. But if you have a target and a purpose, then you can know that God has hit this target. God is, and, and, and the thing about it is God just doesn't hit it. He just obliterates your target and creates this massive blessing. And you're not going to see it unless you have purpose. So the question that, and we, we're going to break for a minute. I'm going to give you a chance as a couple to, to kind of think about these things. And if, you're, if your significant other is not here, just kind of write notes in the phone or in a paper that you're going to share with them. But... Um, what, 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 what purpose in prayer does is that it creates definition, focus, and diligence in your prayer life. Because after we decided that we're going to pray about a home and me not really coming to the fore about it, um, our then landlord came and said, I'm selling the house. So now you got to move. Now we need to buy a home. And so now the diligence comes into where we're really focused. So we're coming together. And I remember we set aside time and we said, okay, we're going to fast. And we're going to pray. And so we would pray together. And, 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 and we would pray with a target. And then obviously we, we're in a home now. So God came through in that season for what was happening in our lives. And gave us something as a target for both of us to concentrate on hitting. And so you've got to figure out what the, what the purpose of the time is. So praying with purpose crafts definition. It cultivates focus and creates direction for your marriage. Because again, you need direction for your marriage. Your marriage cannot be that you were just married so that you have sex, make babies and live life. Okay, There's more beyond that. There's more beyond that. Why is it that God brought you two specifically together? If you believe that God brought you together to be married, what's the purpose of it? It cannot be just to live in your home and make sure all your bills are paid. It cannot be that. There has to be something deeper and meaningful. So you start with the season for the both of you as in whatever it is that you are trying to hit as your purpose. But it needs to grow beyond the personal to the ministerial. What is it that God is bringing the both of you to do and how is it that you're both going to build the kingdom of God? Because what happens is if you're unable to define your season, you'll find yourself falling away from praying together because you don't have a target that you're wanting to hit. So it's kind of like me, right? When I wanted to run the, um, the, the half marathon, because I didn't want to embarrass myself, I trained and 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 I ran the half marathon and I didn't embarrass myself. But after that half marathon was done, I stopped training. 
So I needed a new target. So again, God then speaks to me and says, yeah, the reason why your weight's coming up again is because you don't have a target anymore. So you need to constantly create targets. And as you constantly create targets as a, as a couple, you then begin to work towards that target and you flex your muscles and you flex your prayer muscles because there's a purpose that you're trying to hit. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're going to give you five, three minutes. We're going to give you, we're going to give you three minutes. And in three minutes, I, I just bring up one purpose. If you have one already, that means your homework is easy. Bring up one purpose, something that is in your season that is beyond just, I just, we just want these bills played and we just want to wake up and sleep and have a good life. What is it that God could build in the two of you that you're both passionate about that you can say, this is the season where we are going to be praying for this specific target. So I want to give you three minutes, just come together, talk about that, and then we'll uh, come back again. Yeah, and don't check out right now. Like if you feel like, oh, I already have my purpose, don't have conversations, stay in like the attitude of this moment. So talk with your significant other. If they're not here, like he said, write notes, but but don't like have conversation. This is a homework break. This is not a let's have a conversation break. When you begin to focus and begin to pray, we're going to get a chance to pray for the things that you were writing or at least that you were leading up to. So how can this, how can this actually change your life? Um, when you start praying together, again, like I said, it's important for you to give room for each other to pray. Not just the more spiritually mature one prays, and that's the person that always prays. Both of you need to hear each other's prayers together in that intimate moment. Because then, when I, when I hear her pray, and she's saying, Lord, I really want to be a mother. I really want to have children. And I can hear that. I can hear her cry out to the Lord. That is going to minister internally to me. Right? In the same vein, when she hears me say, Lord, I'm, I'm nervous to be a father. I don't think I can, I can, I can do this. I, I don't see myself as a father. And she hears those intimate places of prayer. She hears my voice as I call unto the Father. We're in the same room. We're holding hands and we're vulnerable together before the Lord. What that does, that it gives a fire in each other's belly to support the other and to be there for the other person because now you know that intimate moment. It's like, it's like, um, uh, you, 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 you just happen into a place where somebody is vulnerable and they don't see you, but you hear the things that are on their hearts. If you love them, you will desire to fulfill that thing for them. And so that's, that's one of the things that it gives you fire and a target that you are wanting to fulfill something. And then it also encourages you because in the same vein that she's saying, Lord, I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. I don't see it. And then, then when it's my turn to pray, she hears me say, God, I believe that you are able. I believe that you are strong and I believe that this is going to happen in our lives and I'm, and I'm praying because I'm in that place of, of faith and confidence in what God is going to do. Again, it's ministering to her too. So it's, she's getting encouraged by the fact that I'm not seeing a dim picture, I'm seeing a picture of possibility. And so you need to hear the voice. I, I need to, you need to hear your wife saying that. You, uh, 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 wives, you need to hear your husband's praying so that you can hear that voice and that is going to create encouragement. And it, and it exhorts and it gives clarity of vision because now you can know in that intimate moment the thing that I'm desiring and I know the thing that she's desiring the thing that's deep in her heart and as we do that we have clarity of where we're both pulling 
towards because of the fact that we're praying together. So you find yourselves both asking God for the same thing and it creates unity. And if you haven't listened to Pastor Jackson's message on unity, I implore you, encourage you, beg you, gravel. Gravel. Thank you. That you would just listen to that message because unity is not is not same is not sameness it's not meaning that you're going to be in agreement with everything but it's it's saying that you're coming together and you're in a place where there is a place where you agree so i might not agree that the dallas cowboys is a good team she does don't agree dallas cowboys exist great whatever <laughs> she thinks hey it's my family team i'm all for the dallas cowboys okay but there's one thing we agree with jesus christ is lord and savior so that is the battlefield that we're coming in to pray <laughs> sorry pastor josh <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to be in here at this time for this particular point Sorry, uh, I recant. The Dallas Cowboys is the best team that God ever created. Okay, and we all need to support them and pray for them. But anyway, so, so again, our differences, our, our disagreements on how things function is one thing, but there is a field in which we are coming together where we all and both of us agree that Jesus is able, Jesus can, Jesus loves, Jesus wants to. And so when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable with that commonality, that's what creates unity. So even in, 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 in this house as, as, as a church, the things that we might look at and see differently are how things function, but what brings us together is we all agree on the fact that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is here jesus is able jesus wants to and if we pull in that direction that's what creates um, uh, a, a unity and then what becomes and then we understand what becomes irrelevant or or relevant so now it's no longer relevant about the things that we disagree on what becomes what becomes really relevant are the things that we agree on together in prayer that jesus comes through for us so um go ahead so praying together creates a natural field for encouragement, for exhortation, for unity, and clarity of vision in marriage. Now, when you're kind of praying infantile prayers, um, it'll be a lot of, Lord, this is how I feel about this. This is what I think about this. Lord, I kind of wish you would do this. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for that. Just like you want to hear what your kid feels, what your kid thinks, what your kid wants, that's something that God desires. He loves us and wants that relationship with us. But as you grow as a believer one of the most powerful things you can move into is praying the word. That whatever it is that you're praying for, you see, what does scripture say about this? And what am I standing on for this? So when we were praying for a baby, our daughter was born five years from the month that I got that diagnosis. And in those five years, there were a lot of prayers. There were a lot of emotions expressed to the Lord. But when we really got on the same page is when we started praying prayers based on the word of saying, Lord, no matter what the doctors have told me, I know that scripture says that you make a barren woman to have like a home of children and be able to talk about that. I remember in the home example you talked about, we were really unsure of, um, should we buy a home? Um, this was not when the, the housing market was on fire and we had four offers in on different homes. Every one of them got denied. Um, and we just felt like, are we missing you, Lord? So we started praying scriptures that specifically talk about the Lord giving direction. And we said, Lord, we know you're going to give us direction because this is what your word says. And so that's where we stood. I remember um, we had gone down to one car um, in part of paying off debts and getting into a healthier place. And at this point, it had become really taxing to have just one car. But one of the things that Linda had said is don't buy another car until you buy a house. And so we were like, 
we are going to be in this really uncomfortable spot until we buy a house. Lord, are we off? Is, are, is this you blocking us because this is not what you have for us? So we prayed, and I remember us saying, God, we are looking to you for direction. We are not going to move. We're not going to do anything else. We prayed these scriptures um, that specifically talk about God planting, like guiding our steps, making straight our path. And that day is the day that our landlord came over. He had owned this house for 25 years. I want you to multiply 25 by 365. That's a lot of days. And this day that we prayed that prayer, he came over and said, I don't, I just feel like it's time to sell the house. And that's the day that we realized, okay, we can't stay here. So we felt like God's clearly told us it's time to move. And a mortgage would be the same amount as renting a house. And we felt like God clearly gave us our direction. Um, I remember why, when we were pregnant with our daughter, um, at the very end of the first trimester, I had a partial placental abruption. That's when your placenta, like, starts tearing away from the wall. If it tears away all the way, you lose the baby. Um, and so I was put on bed rest at 12 weeks and they said, we don't, we don't know if you'll be able to carry this baby all the way that you might lose this baby. And I remember finding scripture that talked about strength, that talked about life and praying that and praying that we have a strong and mighty little girl and she's strong and mighty in the Lord. To this day, she's almost five. We're like, okay, she's acting this way because she's a strong and mighty little girl. This is, this is, this is our prayers uh, that, have been, that have been come to fulfillment. Um, so it, it was really coming um, before the cross and saying, we're gonna fight before the cross by the power of the word. Because when you pray the word, you ensure you don't pray amiss. You make sure your target is not off, that you're not just praying something out of your own will, out of your own strength that God may not be in. And you say, here's what your word says, Lord, would you show me? Would you make our path straight? Would you show us where you are in this? So how do you pray as a couple and what should you be praying as a couple? Again, so we aren't here to necessarily teach a formula here. There's no, there's no formula so you wanna get that out of your head that there's a formula this, is, this works for this couple and if we just mirror exactly what they're doing we'll find success but remember there is a template that we can look to so we're giving you a picture of how prayer can look what are the possibilities of what your prayer can 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 look like and again like I said you want to look to the Lord's Prayer and that's your template and then you're kind of plugging yourself in there in that template and instead of just making it a generalized thing you're putting specifics about what's going on in both of your lives and like I said also you need to hear each other's prayer now i want to address the issue of you know being shy or you know lack of knowledge like like you know oh my spouse knows genesis to revelation and they can start from genesis and if i just listen you will hear them go throughout the whole bible and get to revelation and i have no idea about anything and i just have an idea about a verse and boom my spouse just sprouts it all out and says it so when it's time to pray it feels like he should pray more or she should pray more because she's got this word thing down and i kind of don't and so i think of myself as less than because of the fact that they know the bible that is a lie from the enemy, okay? If I can speak the scriptures and I know them from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it does not equals that I am closer to God than somebody else, okay? You, you, you've just got to understand that the people that we see that can, you know, speak these things or do these things or say these things eloquently does not equal that they're close to God, you are close to God. And I remember where we started, right? We said you've moved from dependence to independence. So you trust your private and secret place because you're strong enough that now as a couple, you know, you know the Lord and you walk with him. Yeah. 
So because you walk with him, it doesn't matter if you can't quote the whole book of Ephesians. There is something that is on the inside of you, a sound, a, 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 an expression that nobody else has. And have confidence in that. And so this is not the place to be shy and say, oh, you, you pray, you pray, you pray. And you're just telling your, other, your spouse to pray because you think, you know, why do I know? What can I say? What can I pray? You're actually not being humble. You're being proud. Okay, you're, actually not, you're being proud. You're saying, I'm so proud. I know better than God who I am and I ain't good enough and God doesn't know. Yep. That's what you're, you're saying. Okay, so think about it. You think this is, you know, me, little old me. No, 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 that's pride. Yep. Okay, so think about it this way and say, okay, I'm not going to be proud. I'm just going to agree with what God says about me. And he loves me enough that he put an expression in me that I need to bring and love my spouse enough that they need to hear the things that are on my heart. Yeah. And then shyness needs to go away. Come on. You guys are couples and you're, if you're married, if you're not married, you've already seen each other naked. So there's nothing more. Nothing left. Okay? If you're not married, you should not have seen that. Don't see it. Okay? Bad, bad, bad. Okay. But if you're married, you've already seen yourselves at the most intimate place. And what I'm trying to tell you about praying together is that it is intimate spiritually. It's, 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 it's over the physical. It's now intimate spiritually where you come to this place of vulnerability that you can only express with somebody that means that much to you. Because I'm not going to be, it's not easy for me to be vulnerable to you, you guys because I don't know you. I don't know what you're going to do with my vulnerability, but I need to create a bond with my spouse in which my vulnerability is safe. And when you pray together, you create an environment for where that is safe. And so then you can navigate through arguments and issues. So, um, so before we got married, I made her watch this Nigerian movie. Yeah, I got my friends here from Nigeria. They know what I'm talking about. And so this guy was like a, pastor you know man of god a man of faith and so he's married to his wife and the guys be just having a great relationship and then these people that were into bad evil stuff spiritual stuff they started trying to get the husband's attention so they started using these women to lure the pastor Okay, and so the pastor was strong, you know, the first couple of times, but then eventually he started giving in. And one of the things that happened in, that, in one of the scenes is the wife asked the husband and he said, hey, you know, this is our time that we've said we're going to pray. Let's pray. And the husband said, I'm not going to pray with you. I have already prayed. And he walked away. And I said to her, whenever I say that I don't want to pray with you, that is a big deal. It means that I'm slipping away. I'm in a very dangerous place. So when you argue, when you disagree, if you say, let's pray, and if you are in that position where you I don't want to pray with you, you are letting the enemy in. Swallow that pride. Take it down a notch and say, hey, yeah, okay, let's pray. Even if you're saying, Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Even if you have to do that because you don't want to give room to the enemy. Yeah. Okay? So most private experience you have is with your creator. When you don't bring your spouse in, you're keeping your spouse away from something that can bring you deeper and bond you together. Okay? So I've given you a tool that you can use when it's time to fight. Just say, okay, let's pray. 
Right there. It will bring you, it'll bring you to a place of peace. Prayer is the most private experience you have with your creator. Coming face to face with God together as a couple forms you in him together. Praying with your spouse strengthens your bonds, forms your marriage, and leads you in the way of righteousness. So what does the Lord want to do through your prayer? Now, is that you? No. Okay. So the Lord wants to show you a picture of unity through your marriage. Now, men and women are different. Uh, within difference, oneness is achieved when two come together. Again, remember, unity is not sameness. So let's talk about the pos- uh, pos- position in, in prayer. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. So the Bible says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So we can unpack all that, but I pull that to kind of show you what the position of what that means. So the position of the husband to um, to love the wife is to actually pray for your wife. So which means in your private and secret places, you also want to be making sure that you're praying for your wife. That is important. And so when you then come together, so if I'm doing it in my secret place, in my personal place, in my personal culture, and then we come together and she hears me say, Father, I pray for my wife and I pray that you encourage her and you strengthen her and you build her up. She knows the thoughts I think of her. And that, in that place, she is receiving love. Okay? In that place, she's receiving love. So I'm being what First Peter here is talking about. It's an opportunity for me to express that. And then the place of submission for the wife is actually to pray for the husband. Okay? When I hear her say, I'm praying for my husband. I pray that you strengthen Give him the vision of how to lead this family well. Give him the heart that he needs then again, she's coming under submission and she's showing me the love that I need and encouraging me and moving me and positioning me in the place of the leader of the home. Okay? So that's um, the picture that we kind of want you to see um, there. So you're married to build the kingdom. Again, more than having sex, more than having babies, more to living life together. What is it you're married to build the kingdoms? And we're formed um, for his purposes together in prayer. That's where he speaks to us. That's where you get on the same page. That's where you learn um, what he has for you. Now, a habit we decided to have early on in marriage um, was uh, to go away every New Year's and kind of create vision for the year. Now, I have been around some people that take very seriously what, like, this pastor's family does this, and it becomes like a weight to them. I don't want this to be that. Scripture talks about imitate me as I imitate Christ. What I'm trying to say is God has a vision for you. It doesn't have to look exactly like how we do it. Again, we're trying to give you a picture of how this looks. But for us, we found it being really significant that we took time at the beginning of the year to invite the Lord in, especially in those years where we weren't able to have kids because we were saying, okay, Lord, 
We've been told by doctors what maybe this year should look like. We've been told by reality what's not happening. So Lord, what would you have to do? Um, and I, the reason we wanted to share this story was um, in 2019 into 2020, we had this habit, but this was the, also the first time we went on a family vacation with our daughter. She had been pretty young the, the New Year's before, and this New Year's we decided we were going to go on our first real big family vacation, just the three of us, and we decided to go to San Francisco. Um, this is right before COVID, which of course we had no clue was coming, but um, we were excited about it, so we were still going to maintain this heart of let's have vision for the year, but we also wanted to make it a fun family time. So if anything, this was actually a less focused uh, New Year's trip than we had had before New Year's time, but we still were praying and asking God for a vision, just like he had provided us with in other years. Um, and what was beautiful is at this point, this has become a habit where we said, Lord, we're inviting you into our year. Would you show us the vision and the path that you have for us to walk on together? And I'm not necessarily uh, big on being a year of the word person, but this year, God gave us the same word. And it really surprised us because we went and we prayed privately before the Lord. And when we came together, we, we both had the exact same word from the Lord is that this year, he's going to establish you. And we had the same verse, which is Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? So again, we had this belief that was pretty solidly built in our marriage by now that we were married and we were together to build the kingdom. And we had God saying, I'm going to establish you. Why that became really significant and was, can be so life-giving for your union and how you pray as a couple where you're seeking God for direction is a few months later, the shutdown happened. Tondra had owned his own business for a long time, and suddenly this income that we've been living off of that's allowed me to do pro bono mission work, um, a lot of different things, is suddenly it's threatened because the Social Security office might be shutting down and all his income might be stopping. I'd had a business for a while, and, and um, during this time I had to triple... Um, triple what I charged, which felt really intimidating while everybody like has businesses freezing, but it was the way that we were going to have to make it. So we kept going back to this word God had given us in prayer to say, okay, it doesn't seem like God's establishing us. It doesn't seem that this is that kind of a year, but this is what God clearly told both of us. And so in this time, this seems like the step that we need to take in faith. And I didn't lose a single client. Everybody was willing to pay three times the price. And we were able to walk that out. Um, a few months later, when stuff happened with George Floyd, we were invited to be a part of cultural conversations here at New Song. And within a year, Tondra was on staff. And not that long after, I was on staff. So now we can look back and say, man, this is totally what God was doing, where he was preparing us so much in prayer and our habits in prayer that when we got married, we wanted to be in vocational ministry together. And yet so much of that was torn away. So much of that fell away where we had to say, Lord, whatever you would have, it doesn't feel like we can create anything in our lives right now. It doesn't feel like we can form anything in our lives right now, but we can form a prayer culture. And at this point, where our hands were so open, God now said, I'm going to lead you on this path together, and I want you to know I'm establishing you together. And because we had that word, when it didn't really make sense, we kept going back to, well, he's establishing us, so I don't really understand what's happening right now, but this is the direction that we have, that he's made our marriage to be a kingdom-building marriage, so we know whatever he's doing, he's establishing us, that we know he's doing a new thing, that it's okay for us to forget the old. That's the scripture he gave for us to stand on. That's the scripture we prayed over our home. That's the scripture we prayed over our lives, that we prayed over our businesses and said, God, whatever you have, this is what you've given us. So when you recognize that your marriage is for more, that you're meant to build the kingdom, it's not gonna look the same for you, and that's okay. Everybody is called to do ministry. You might not ever be in vocational ministry. You don't need to be, but God has a kingdom purpose for your lives and people that you're to minister to. So when you get your eyes off of yourself and keep your eyes off of 
kind of what are we doing to grow us? What are we doing to grow our home? And we start saying, what, are, what can we do to grow what God has, what God's made, what God's called us to? How is our union meant to build that? God will inevitably give you vision and give you direction. And that leads to praying powerful prayers. Okay, so um, again, when you're talking about praying powerful prayers, um, I think the moment that you're going to consider that a prayer, prayer is, is, is not powerful or powerful is, is really based on your your, 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 your posture. So if you want to pray powerful prayers, in other words, praying in accordance to what God wants you to be praying and how God wants you to be praying, then the first thing that you want to, might want to consider is praying in the spirit. And that means using your prayer language as you pray as a, as a couple. Now, if you don't have a prayer language, I implore you to just, you know, talk to the Lord and see if he can open your heart that you can begin to do that. Because if, if you pray in your prayer, for, prayer language, the Bible says it, it edifies you and you're praying mysteries in the spirit. And if both of you can begin to do that, it is going to just, again, put you in a place and position you, uh, both of you, in a, in, a, in a powerful place. And the other thing that you might want to consider is, is fasting, fasting together for a time. Now, we fast here on Wednesday as a church for midweek prayer. And that's something that the pastor calls us to do. But there's a place where you as a couple can decide we are going to fast something together because again, we have a purpose. We have something that we're trying to hit, something that we're trying to accomplish, something that God wants to do with us. And then um, um, Rome, uh, in Corinthians, Paul writes and he talks about fasting as a couple and saying, don't deny each other when it comes to sex, but it's something that you can fast in other words, you stop sex because you're fasting for something at a time. It's, it's almost as if he writes that with an expectation that couples do stuff like that or should do stuff like that where you fast or where you uh, deny yourself certain pleasures so that you can come together and hit a particular thing that God is calling you to and get your purpose. Now, again, it's for a time, so it's not forever. Guys, I got you covered. It's not forever, okay? And use this as an excuse to say we're fasting for eight months. That's not right. Okay? No, no eight-month fasting here, okay? So, so you have to decide together at the time that you're going to be fasting together. That's very key, that you're both in agreement when you're doing this. And when you fast and you say, okay, we're going to set aside this time, place your target and say, okay, God, this is what we're believing for. This is what we're praying for. And, and one of the things that we are wanting to start practicing, again, because we haven't fully arrived, we never will. One of the things we want to do is find the scripture, because that's the next thing is you're going to pray the scripture. So we're going to find a scripture of what it is that we're praying for, Put it on our, um, uh, on our mirror so when we're brushing our teeth, you know, I'm declaring it. When she's getting ready, we're all declaring it. We're looking at that scripture and we're declaring it together. So that way, again, we have a commonality of what we're doing. And then we, come to, we, we, we obviously come together at the time when the fast is over because, again, we set the time and say, okay, we only, we, we're doing it from Monday to Wednesday or whatever the case might be. And at that point, we know when we, we know where the end point is, and then we leave that to God. And so that's another key thing here, too, is you've got to have follow-through trust, okay? You got to have follow-through trust. Don't pray, ask God for something, and you're fasted for it. And then when you finish fasting for it, start to worry about it. Yeah. That's a lack of follow-through trust. You got to follow through and say, this thing is done. Now, Trust God to be strong in your spirit enough if you need to continue praying about it. 
Does that make sense? So I'm not going to worry. So it's either I need to keep on pressing in in prayer or I can dust myself up and know that this thing is going to be taken care of and just walk in confidence knowing that God is going to take care of it because I'm following through in faith knowing that God will come through. So scripture gives us a holistic look at married couples life including physical bonding as a routine element and introducing the idea of oneness an agreement in pursuit of Christ. So that's exactly what we're doing. Guys, everything we're saying is pursuing Jesus. It's pursuing God together. It is practicing the way of Jesus together. So what more does God have for your marriage in prayer? Um, we talked about Ephesians six eighteen at the very beginning. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It was probably a couple years ago that... Um, that as we started developing a lot of missions here at New Song, um, it's very activating seeing the gifts of the Spirit in action. We talked about giving words to people. I really felt like the Lord was like, why don't you seek that in your own marriage? It's wonderful to seek that corporately. It's wonderful to seek that um, on these trips, but have you asked me to regularly give you words for Tondurai? Have you asked me to regularly give me words for your children? And that really starts in your relationship. If, if it's not here, it's gonna be hard to be operating that outside of here in other relationships. And so this is one of those things that whether you've, this is very new to you or you're doing it for a long time, you can still be growing in these practices, be growing in the depth that your prayer can be in. When scripture talks about going from glory to glory, what I love about that is, is you're never gonna max out on your prayer life, that now we're like 100% experts, we've arrived. There's always more room for where uh, your, your marriage can go, where your relationship can go, where your prayer life can go. Um, and so saying, what would it look like if you start operating in the gifts through prayer in that time together, where you're praying in your prayer language out loud where the other one can hear it because it does edify, it does exhort, where as much as I would love to have a word for somebody else um, on midweek prayer or anywhere else or someone I'm going to text, um, there's a certain feeling that comes with that um, where someone's going to know that while wow, you heard from the Lord, when you're with your spouse, they already really know the depth of your relationship with God, especially if you're praying together. And so it's not as flashy. It's not as um, kind of pat on the back. Not that that's what you should be looking for, but it's probably the least that you're going to get um, kind of like, oh, that was so great. You're so holy type of feeling. Again, not that you should look for that, but in this relationship, um, it takes more intentionality and it takes more seeking of the Lord because what you're saying is this person matters to me enough that Lord, I'm asking you that you would give me a word for them. I know this is a really hard situation at work or I know they're really struggling in this relationship with their family. So I'm asking you, would you give me um, words? And in the last two years, I think that's really developed in our relationship where um, we speak over each other. We speak the word. The Lord gives us words for each other that we're operating in some of those gifts in our marriage. And it's, it's created a new level of um, a prayer relationship together that I don't think I, I really thought was possible when we started out and saying we should just probably pray in the evenings together because that seems like a good habit for couples that stay married. So what happens when you pray over one another? When there's intercession and it just say, instead of saying, okay, I know that you're gonna have a hard day uh, because there's this thing that's happening, I'm gonna be praying for you. Instead, you stop and you pray them and say, hey, like call them and say, can I pray over you about this right now? And you pray scripture over them and you make a point that again, you're doing this exhortation, this encouragement, having words, speaking in tongues over your spouse in that prayer time because again, I don't wanna pour out more somewhere else than I've even 
poured out in my own marriage. Um, this kind of an upside down relationship where, again, it's creating a lot of health other places, but it's kind of bankrupting my own marriage where everybody else knows this version of me, but he doesn't know this version of me. He should know a version of me that nobody else gets that is more deep here than anywhere else. So where your purpose together, where you're hearing from God together, which will inevitably happen, would always be that God tells you the exact same thing, but where he's giving you things and where you become bold in sharing that and saying, you know, I really feel like the Lord's going to do this in this season of our lives. Um, I really feel like he's, he's gonna take us through some hard things, but there's a purpose for it, that it's building up our muscle. Um, if you have visions, if, if that's how God speaks to you and you have visions, being bold to share those, share dreams that you think may have an interpretation with your spouse. Um, those things that kind of feel wild and crazy and uncomfortable and saying, you know, I'm bold enough to do that in this relationship. I'm bold enough to say that if this is intimate, I'm going to go to this level um, of prayer and intimacy here. Because again, you have that thriving relationship with God on your own, but here is where you should be sharing some of that um, as well. So what does a mature prayer life look like? A mature, a mature prayer life with Christ forms a couple with a praying response. So what you want is to become a couple with a praying response, where when something happens in life, you're not reacting out of stress, you're not reacting out of anxiety, you're not reacting out of your flesh. What you're doing is you're saying, we should pray about that. And again, when he talks about one of the people and the couple being stronger, that's really common, where one of you is gonna kind of have that flesh moment where you're like, this just sucks. And the other person's like, hey, we should pray about that. And you're like, oh yeah. That's what we do in this moment, isn't it? Um, and being bold to do that, where you're, it's okay to interrupt the other person when they're kind of maybe in a little bit of a spiral and say, hey, let's stop. And we just prayed over it and we just gave it to God. So we're gonna trust he's gonna take care of it. So a mature uh, couple that's growing in their prayer life, they pray over one another. They operate in the gifts in prayer. They intercede alone and together. They walk in one purpose. They pour out for someone higher than themselves. They have that higher kingdom purpose. They seek to know God's heart for the other and minister first to their spouse out of an overflow of a personal relationship with God in submission to the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the praying couple. And so what we'd really challenge you is, is what would it look like? How would it transform your marriage or your relationship with, with your significant other to commit 90 days to this? to say, no matter where we're at right now, I'm gonna walk into 90 days of, maybe we pray every night together, but we're gonna take that to another level. Or maybe we have no habit of praying together. We're going to commit to it. Whatever it is, again, there's a higher level, a deeper level, which then compels you, man, I, I better beef up on my own personal relationship with God because it shows through. And okay, it's, it's okay if you really struggle with prayer. It's okay to say, I'm going to start really forming that relationship. And you don't have to form that first, but saying, I'm going to commit to that time because I know when I come together, my spouse can and should know where my relationship's at with God. Like if I'm struggling with my relationship with God, my, my significant other should know that. And it's gonna become apparent in prayer in the way that I'm praying. And so what would it look like to commit those 90 days um, that will, we believe, transform your marriage and transform how you each interact with the world and with God's heart for the world. Do you want to talk about the activation? Yes. So, okay. So, um, we need to be picking up our kids, if you have kids, at eight. So, we don't want to go over time. But what we wanted to do is we talked about you thinking and writing out a purpose for you, the season that you're in of what you're going to be targeting uh, to pray. So, I wanted to give you, well, five would be eight. Okay, so we wanted to give you five minutes and, 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 and just 
pray, start praying about that thing. And if you haven't finished, take a little bit of time to finish and saying, okay, this is our purpose. This is what our season looks like. And this is the very thing that we're going to be praying together and focusing together after. Again, it could be something that is personal. This is where you're starting off is something that's personal. Maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your children. Uh, maybe it's, um, uh, it's something to do with, you know, your Bible reading culture, whatever it is, and then just begin to pray. But again, you need to move to maturity, right? So you're not just going to be praying about yourself. How about if you then go a step further and then you pray for the rest of your family? How about if you pray for your church and the things that you're expecting to see in your church and then even transition further to that and start praying for revival in your city, praying for such things and, and and so define that season so this is our season this is what we're praying for and then as your seasons are changing and growing you begin to shift and change and alter your targets based on where you're at does that make sense okay so we're going to give you this time just go ahead and go into a place where you and your couple can uh, you and your significant other can begin to to just pray together and then we'll close it and then we'll head out sound good sound good yeah. wow I was all alone there for a second. Okay. Lord, we thank you and honor you for this time that you've given us, God. I thank you for the marriages and the relationships that are represented in this room. And I thank you, God, that you have a desire for us to be intimate with you and for our relationship to be intimate before you and with you. I thank you, God, that whether um, someone in this room has literally never prayed together before right now or whether this is something they've been doing for decades, God, I thank you that you always have a level of deeper that we can grow to. I thank you, Father, that well, what you have for this couple to step into is the thing that they would they would take action on, that it's not just, oh, this is a great idea, but they would put it in their calendar, they would make it a part of their day, that they would start tonight, that they wouldn't just pray together, but they would make take a moment even if it's extremely awkward and pray over each other to say this is something that I know that the Lord has enabled us to do. There's nothing special about any couple that talks about prayer, um, that everybody has a journey and, and we're passionate to start ours, that we're going to develop ours to a new height and a new level because we know intimacy is something that's a gift from you and this is a level of um, relational intimacy we can have before you, with you, and with our significant other because um, in prayer we come face-to-face with you when we want to be face-to-face with you, with the person that we love um, the most. So I thank you God, that you form the marriages and the relationships in this room. God, we yield ourselves to you. We give you permission to um, to just bother our hearts, to wake us up in the middle of the night if, we, if, if you feel like we're just not listening, God, and to challenge us to new levels. I thank you for the growth and the fruit that's going to come out of this room. I thank you, God, that you meet us where we're at and you walk this road with us, and that's all we want, that you take us from where we're at right now and that we grow from one glory to another with you and by the guidance of your Holy Spirit, God. And we thank you, we honor you, we yield ourselves to you in our relationships. We thank you for what you've made. We thank you for the differences between us and our spouse. And we thank you for forming us. We give our relationship to you and allow you to change it and challenge it. In Jesus' name, amen.